I feel complete. <laughs> Amen. We love the Mays family. Congratulations to them. I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing. Praise God. You can be seated. I had the opportunity to speak in Sela this morning at their 9 o'clock service. Uh, Elder Hart is in Puyallup ministering, so I was asked to be there and appreciate that privilege. Um, I spoke some things there that the Lord has put on my spirit this week, and I feel like I'm going to share some of that here with us today. Um, I'd like you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. If you have a, a religious calendar, you probably would have seen on it last Sunday a day called Pentecost Sunday. That's an annual uh, day where they celebrate or acknowledge. I don't know how much they celebrate it, but they acknowledge by they, I just mean the Christian world in general, the religious world, acknowledges the, the day of Pentecost and what you, you know happened in uh, Acts chapter 2, the earlier verses of this chapter. I don't want to take the time to read through all of that today, um, but suffice it to say they were all in one accord, in one place, waiting on the promise as instructed by the angel and the spirit of God and the Holy Ghost filled the room and they received the Holy Ghost with the sign of speaking in tongues and from there things just kind of took off you might have heard Bishop talk about this a couple of weeks ago uh, the idea of people hearing their language spoken by people that they know don't know that language. That was a miraculous thing that took place on the day of Pentecost. And so the crowd basically gathered around and said, how are all of us hearing our native language spoken by a bunch of non-natives that shouldn't know this language? Peter then started to address that crowd and said, they're not drunk, so it's not that. This is the promise. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. If you'll look at Acts chapter 2, verse 37, how about that? Now when they heard this, they being the crowd that was gathered there, heard about all of this. They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, the guy that had been preaching about what happened. They said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do about what we're seeing, about what's taking place, and about what you've said? What do we need to do? Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, For the promise is unto you, the promise, that which was spoken by the prophet many, many years ago. What's happened today fulfilling that promise is unto you. Say, to me. Everybody say, to me. The promise is unto you and your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Go to verse 40. And. Everybody say, and. Say, and. Acts 2.38 is not the end. Acts 2.39 is not the end. Because it says, and with many other words did he testify and exhort. So he, Peter had a lot to say that day. He already said a lot of words. And then he said what we just read. 
It says, and then he had many other words. So he said, they said, what are we supposed to do? He said, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And with many other words, he did testify and exhort. To testify means to talk about me. To exhort means to talk about you. If I was just going to testify today, yeah, I'd give God praise through my story and my testimony, but it would be about me. But he also exhorted, made it about the crowd, those that were hearing, that said, what am I supposed to do? And this is what he said with his many other words in his testimony and in his exhorting. He said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. So what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to repent. Get baptized in Jesus' name. You will receive the Holy Ghost. And you are supposed to save yourself from this untoward generation. I need you to all take a deep breath with me. I took one and it felt good. I just wanted you to feel that too. Because if you come to me and I am a pastor and I believe the word of God and you say pastor, elder, brother Caleb whatever you call me what am I supposed to do to be saved? What am I supposed to do in response to the call of God? I cannot just say read Acts 2.38 and do what it says. In fact if you've ever asked me that, I have not let that be my response to you. We do need to address repentance. Have you repented? Or are you still who you were when the Lord started dealing with you? So if not, we need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. If you have not, you need to do that. I can't remit your sins. Neither can any other minister under any so-called organization in this area or the world. There is one that has power to remit sins. Neither is there any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus that does it. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm just quoting the scripture and believing it. But, if you came to me and you did, maybe you said, I've already done all three of those things. Good. What else? Or maybe, in, the, in your obedience to the instruction, you do those three things. Good. What else? I can't shake your hand and say, thanks, I'll see you in heaven. Because, first of all, nobody's allowed to live in this building. We pay rent on this building. There's no beds here. There's no showers. The only towels we got are for the baptistry tank. The only food is on Tuesday nights, Mexican theme. Nobody lives here. You got to leave here after the Pentecostal experience and you got to go out into the world. And let me tell you something about that world. It is an untoward generation. To be untoward, the, the, the Greek word for untoward is skalia or skolio. The word scolio is where we get the medical term scoliosis. You know what scoliosis is? A curve and twist of the spine. It's not straight like it should be. 
We know what scoliosis is. Did you know you're living in a world that has been spiritually diagnosed with scoliosis of the spirit? Scoliosis of the soul. Scoliosis of the flesh. It's all wrong. It's untoward. It's not going the right way. So part of my instruction to you, when you ask me, what am I supposed to do? Part of my instruction is, be aware of the fact that this world and this generation today is not right. It's not even close to right. It is so wrong, it is so twisted, that it doesn't even know it. And the only thing it knows is, you can't tell it it's wrong. That's the one thing I know. You can't set a rule that's hard and fast and say, nobody go beyond this rule. No, we twist things around here. We like to curve things and imagine a, imagine a football field with the goal line and you got to cross the goal line with the ball to score a touchdown, but that line is like this. And you dive for the goal line and you're past it to the left and right of you, but you're not past it right in front of you. That might make sports a little more intriguing, but it's not going to do you well in life to have a line that's a little bit over here, a little bit over there, no boundary, no real clear boundary. That is this generation. So when the instruction from Peter says, save yourself, first of all, we know it's not talking about salvation in the sense of eternal make it to heaven saved because you can't do that I can't do that we know enough to know that you cannot get yourself to heaven right so it doesn't make sense to say well Peter told me to save myself so I don't need you church I don't need you pastor I'm going to save myself that's not what it means at all in fact that's more like the untoward generation and their way of thinking to save yourself really means to keep yourself, to guard yourself, to preserve yourself. Especially now that you have had a Pentecostal experience. If you've, if you've been baptized, if you've repented, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you have something that needs to be preserved. You don't need to just set it out on the shelf and say, well, I hope it doesn't expire. I hope it keeps. No, you have to preserve it. I, I, I mentioned the idea of just take an apple. Go to the grocery store and buy one or a whole bushel. I don't think they sell them by the bushel at the store, but a bag. Get a bunch of apples. And just go set them out there in the parking lot. And let's check on them every week. And see how they're doing. Especially in the summer. When it's all nice and hot. And that, that black top is going to be cooking. I don't think I'm going to want to eat that apple next week. But why? Because I didn't keep it. I didn't preserve it. I didn't save it. We can get that same group of apples, put them in the right container, seal them, and then come here next week. Oh, they still look good. They were properly kept. Or you can even go to the extreme and do this thing people do called canning with, you know, fruits and vegetables and 
they, they do it all right, add the right stuff in there, seal that thing. That thing will keep for years. What's been done? They've saved it. They've saved it from the elements of this world that would destroy it. I had this funny uh, memory that came back to me when I was speaking in Sela this morning. My kids, when they were little, the older ones were little, we came across this video. It was to talk about decay. And it's, it's a, uh, it shows an apple, and it's one of those, you know, uh, time-lapse videos where it's, it starts out looking good, and then it shrivels and gets rotten and down all the way to the core. What's happened? The only thing that's happened is that fruit has been left susceptible to the elements around it. Air does that. Heat does that. This untoward generation will do that even to the most holy saint of God. If that holy saint is not preserved, is not keeping themselves properly. The elements of this world, the things that you are exposed to in this world. I mentioned this, I'll mention it again, because I don't, I, I don't care how spiritual you think you are and how well you think you've got yourself blocked off and sealed off and no, no, nothing's going to get in here and destroy this. Well, you're at church today. You're in this building. You're not in a you're not in a box. You're not in a bubble. You're not in a safe room. A panic room. So you got here. Even if you were fasting all last week and praying all last week, unless you drove to church with blinders on. I'm not looking at anything but the building. Well, first of all, you're going to have a wreck. But second of all, even on your drive from church, from your house to church, you will be exposed to things that with too much exposure cause the Holy Ghost in you to rot. I'm just talking about the drive from home to church. I'm not talking about what happens when you get home and stay home and what things you're allowing in your house or what things you're doing in the car on the way or any of that. I'm talking to the most holy saints that say, I praise God, I'm here at church. I made it here. By the grace of God, you made it here. And you'll make it back. And keep on. But if you don't do what the scripture says and save yourself, keep yourself, guard yourself, expect bad things to happen. I know that doesn't sound like a great gospel message, but I'm telling you the truth of the untoward generation around us. And there are those, some knowingly, some unknowingly, that would try to affect you and influence you and cause your good fruit to go bad. There ain't a one of them that's good fruit that's going to try to do that to you. They're going to do it to you, some because they're bad fruit. I'm rotten, and I want everything around me rotten. I'm going to go get the good apples, spoil them. There is a saying, misery loves company. And if, if nothing else, if I'm miserable, and my day's going bad, and my week's going bad, and my life is going bad, but Brother Alberto's got the Holy Ghost and the light of God is shining through him, then I don't want to see that light. I'm going to try to put some darkness on him. That's the way an untoward generation works. I mentioned this in uh, Sila as well. I had, I had a memory, a flashback about keeping myself and preserving myself. When I was a teenager, 
which was a while back. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be. I'm real and I'm honest with you. I do like the young people say. I'll keep it 100. I had a, a large family, many aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, and we got together at least a couple times a year. Some of them were good apples. You fill in the rest. But I started to learn, especially in like my mid-teens, 14, 15, 16, around there, with, especially with older cousins who didn't have as much Holy Ghost as some of us think we need to have. I started to realize, I mean, we were, it was mostly, my grandma's town is a small town, so any car trip is going to be less than 10 minutes. But I started to realize, in a, in a car trip, less than 10 minutes, with the influences of ungodly stuff around me, I'm going to go bad. If I just let myself keep getting in the car with that group, turning on that music, talking about those things, I, I, what I said was I felt my Holy Ghost out, go out the window because it can't stay in here with this. I didn't like that feeling. And so then I started to think, well, hey, Caleb, come on, we're, we're going to go down and get some whatever. Sun drop. That's what they call it. Uh, you don't, I don't have time to go into sun drop. It's good. It's better than Mountain Dew. I'm getting thirsty, man. <laughs> they're, they're, just get in the car. We're going to go, or we're going to go to so-and-so's house. There's no parents over there. Uh, keyword. We're going to go hang out at this spot because his mom's gone. <laughs> We're going to go over there because they got cable. We're going to do, you know, I'm just being honest with you. And I started to learn. Talk to me about that if you got a problem after church. And I would start to realize if I just even get in the car with them. Now, yeah. I told you I'm being honest, okay? I'm not naming any names. I know this goes on Facebook. I got aunts and uncles and cousins that watch on Facebook too. They know who they are. So I'm not, I'm not offending anybody. But I, ha I mean, there were drugs in the car that I was in. Uh, my Holy Ghost doesn't like that. There were things being lit in houses that I was in. Thank you, Peanut. There were things in houses that I was in. Yes, this is your elder speaking. And the Lord is saying, are you going to stay here? They're, they're not even, I mean, they know enough. They know me well enough. They don't, not, not to offer it to me. You just sit here, good boy, while we go do this. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, Lord, I don't think you like this any more than I do. I better get up. I better call somebody. And I better leave. And there were, these, these were, I mean, close, close, good friends and cousins of mine that I spent from zero up to these years with. And then around that time, I started to realize I can't be with them because of the things they're going to do. I can't stay preserved, kept, and also be with them. They're, I know, well, you're supposed to be the light. I am the light. If somebody wants to put on sunglasses, they're going to put on sunglasses. That doesn't mean I'm any less light. It means they're choosing to look away. And I don't know about you, but the Lord has not called me to be the Holy Ghost DA. That's drug enforcement with an A. DEA. He hasn't called me to be the Holy Ghost DEA and go in and get everybody else cleaned up. 
sober them. No, I'm going to let him deal with that until he's ready to do something else. What am I saying? Acts chapter 2 verse 40, church, is enough, it's close enough to Acts 2.38 that we ought to know it even better than we do it. But it says, save yourself from an untoward generation. Really quickly, I want to read this. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Acts calls it an untoward generation. You'll see another word in here. In Deuteronomy, it uses the word froward. Okay, that's a spoiler alert. When you see froward, it means the same thing as untoward. It's not going the right way. Deuteronomy 32.15. But Jeshurun, that's a Israel, God's holy people. Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered. Wow, that's starting to sound offensive. This is the Lord speaking through Moses to his people. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Lightly esteemed. Didn't really acknowledge it the way it should be. I mean, if it's a rock of my salvation, it's, it should be the heaviest thing in my life. Not a light thing. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. To gods whom they knew not. To new gods that came newly up. Whom your fathers feared not. Again, this is not talking about the bad people. This is talking about his people. This is what you have done. In Deuteronomy, the Lord is reminding them of this. 18. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them. That means he hated them strongly. Because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters, quickly, I'm just going to say that means the Lord's got his children and he sees his other children affecting these children. They're provoking. My son that's already gone off waywardly is now provoking my son who has not gone off waywardly. Now you want to get into some fighting with the Lord, start affecting his children negatively. Even if you're one of his other kids. That's made it clear you're not interested in acting like one of his kids. He takes it seriously. Because of the provoking of his sons and daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very froward generation. Children in whom is no faith. They are a froward generation. That means an untoward. They're not going the right way. They're, going, they're getting everything twisted. They're going every other direction except the right direction. I, saw, I, I was listening to a message and this word, froward, I promise you, it's like it hit me between the eyes. And the Lord said, you better learn what this means. A froward generation. It's not forward. It looks like forward. But it's froward. Going the wrong way. Turned every way. To be changed. To be turned away from. That's what it means to be froward. 
first, we have to make sure we are not froward ourselves. Okay? The way you do that is you make sure Jesus is your focal point, and that's the only thing you're focused on. What he says. What he's calling you to do. That's it. You, it that's it. You get that, you're not froward. You're not pulled this way or that way. Or influenced to walk over here a little bit. Spend some time over there where you shouldn't. You get, you get focused and you're not forward. So make sure you're not. And then we have to acknowledge that the world around us is. And not just that it is, but be aware of the effects of it on you. It is too naive to say, well, I'll just, I'll just stay separate because I'm part of the church. Ooh. The church cannot save you. I'm sad to say. I wish it could because I would be doing my best to make sure I'm saving all of you, but I can't. The church can't save you. you, you it's, it's naive to think, this world's not going to get me, this world's not going to bother me, it's not going to influence me. No, I, I'm good. I, I already dealt with all that. Oh, well, bad news, there's going to be more. The world is heading one direction further and further away from the Lord. And it's kind of like one of those uh, fair rides that not only spins, but spins in a bigger circle while it's spinning in a smaller circle. Because everything is going every direction while moving away from God. I, the scripture says it. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. What I see there is... That takes away my excuse to say, well, the world just made me do it. The influence of the world was too strong for me to overcome. No, you made a decision to not only be in the world, but do something of the world. So we have to be aware of the effects of living among a froward generation. Then we have to pray about what God wants us to do and know how he feels about it. If you're not sure, find out how God feels about it and then you'll be sure. Because whatever he feels is what you should feel. Whatever he hates, if you got the Holy Ghost, his hates become your hates. His loves become your loves. Deuteronomy 40, uh, 32, 45. This same passage, but I'm skipping down a little bit. Moses made an end of speaking all these words to Israel. And he said to them, Set your hearts unto all these words which I testify among you this day, which you shall command your children to observe to do. For it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. This is not a light message. This is not just a maybe I should listen, maybe I shouldn't. The instruction says it is your life. One more passage. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 10. When you look up that word froward in the Old Testament, that's the one time it's mentioned anywhere other than Proverbs. It's in Deuteronomy where we just read it about the froward generation. I just want to read these few verses and I want you to watch that word. When you, say, when, when you see froward, now you know what it means. Something turned away from God. Verse 10, Proverbs 2.10. When wisdom, everybody say wisdom. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant 
unto thy soul. Discretion, everybody say discretion. Discretion shall preserve thee. Preserve, keep, save, guard. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. Verse 12, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things. The man that's talking about things that have turned away from God, that have turned away from how God intended them. Who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked. Now they're reveling in it. We've gotten so twisted, so away from the right mark, that we have just determined this is where we belong, we're going to be in this mess, and we're going to enjoy it. That's what it says. Delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked, and they are froward in their paths. You can stand with me. I'm coming to a close. Discretion will preserve thee. Understanding will keep thee. I, I honestly don't even have to worry about this whole excuse with, with our congregation. I don't have to worry about this excuse of I just didn't know or I didn't know any better or I don't understand that. I know, I, I, I'm the first one to tell you, I don't know the whole Bible, I don't understand it all. There are things I see in there more frequently, things I have to learn about than things I already know about. That's just the Word of God and how it works. But I know enough, and you know enough, we've heard enough, that the excuse, I didn't know, is no good. So now that we've acknowledged that we know, we need to see what knowing can do for us. Discretion keeps you. It preserves you. This idea of discretion is, it's kind of like you know something's going to happen before it happens. So either you do it and you get the result that you knew you were going to get, or you don't do it, so you don't get the result that you knew you would get. Discretion will keep you from getting in the wrong car with the wrong group. Discretion will. Elder Flowers won't. I mean, it's going to be a rare day that I see somebody getting in the car that they shouldn't. Oh, hang on, let me run across the parking lot. Grab him by the shirt. What do you think you're doing? That's probably not going to happen. I won't say never because anything can happen. And if I got to jerk you out of a car by the Holy Ghost, I'll do it. But that's probably not going to happen. So discretion will keep you from doing it. Because discretion says, the last time I got in this car... They turned on music from that artist, and it really hurt the Lord. What's to stop them from turning that on again? They probably will. So I think I'm not going to get in that car. The last time this person called me, They talked for an hour about things that not, both of us know we shouldn't be talking about. So what's to keep them from talking like that again? I'm probably not going to answer that call. The last time, you see where we're going with this. Discretion 
says, this will happen if I partake in this. And discretion will preserve you. Discretion is like putting yourself in the container that's going to get sealed and locked and preserved from the wickedness. The wickedness is real. The wickedness is around us. Uh, Hear me. It's more around some of us than others because of the things we allow ourselves to entertain. Have you ever seen, maybe you've seen this in a, uh, like a a, uh, political poll or debate or movies. They have these little knobs that somebody turns to express how they're feeling while they're watching or observing something. Has anybody ever seen something like that? It's, it's, it's a meter, because then what they do is they go back and they say, okay, what were the high points and low points of this? And literally, it's just like a little controller. And you, you, oh, I like that. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I like that. Oh, I don't like that. And, and they go back and they say, okay, let's, let's see where we were polling well, where we were, where we were doing well. That's like a person who's not using discretion. Maybe I will. Uh, let's try it out and see. Test these waters a little bit. Oh, I like that. No, I don't like that. Yeah, let's try some of that. No, let's not try some of that. And what we're doing is we are letting outside influence in where we shouldn't be. I feel the Lord telling us that we need to strongly examine areas of access of a wicked generation into our lives. I already said it. The wickedness is real. It's going to happen. It's going to be there. What, What changes is the amount of which you let into your life or don't let into your life. Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. This covenant is me telling my eyes, you're not going to look there. Why? Because my eyes are a way for the things to get in. We need covenants with our eyes. We need covenants with our ears. I've made a covenant with my ears. I'm not going to listen to that. Let me help you for just a minute longer. I'm aware of the time. The enemy has been around a lot longer than you. It's been around a lot longer than me. And he knows, I'm going to try this way until it gets turned off. If it gets turned off, I'm going to try another way. If it doesn't get turned off, good, I'm in there. I'm going to make my home in there. And I am going to wreck everything while I'm there because I was allowed to get in but hear me just the time that you start to realize oh no that's where the open door is let me go shut it he's gonna come around this way try something different this is why I, I need you to hear this this is why me as a pastor I can't just say don't listen to that don't watch that. Don't go there. I mean, we, we, we have these conversations and they're needed. But that's not enough to save you. Because the moment you close that door, the enemy's going to say, Oh, but he didn't say you can't listen to this. He didn't say you can't watch this. He didn't say don't spend your time over here. 
That's why you've got to put yourself in the container, lock it tight with discretion, and say, I don't care what's going on out there. I'm locked down with discretion. Would you close your eyes and pray with me, Lord? Come on, why don't you speak to the Lord? Jesus, I need your wisdom, Lord. I need your discretion. This world around me, God, it is untoward. It is full of wickedness, God. Full of all kinds of perversions and things that change, Lord, from their proper intention to the ways of this world. I need the help of the Holy Ghost. I need the wisdom of the Holy Ghost and discretion from the Holy Ghost. I need this understanding, God, to keep me. I need this understanding to preserve me. Come on, why don't you pray it? Let it let the Holy Ghost get into your mind a little bit. Come on, let the Holy Ghost get into your mind with some discretion with some understanding, with some knowledge and wisdom. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come into my mind, I pray, Lord. Come into this mind, Lord Jesus, and let the thoughts only be the thoughts of you, God. We already sang it. Fill my life. Fill my heart. Fill my love, God. Till the only thing there is you. Till the only thing there, God, is your spirit filling me up with wisdom and understanding. I'm opening this altar. If you want to come and find a place to pray in the front, I believe the Lord's going to help here. I believe he's going to minister here. Would you open up your mind to the Lord? Open up your heart to the Lord say, God, whatever areas, whatever areas that influence of a wicked generation is allowed to get into my spirit, show it to me, God, and let me close it off. Show it to me, God, and let me shut that door. Fill me up from the inside, God. Fill me up from the inside, God. Fill this life. Fill this life. In the name of Jesus.
expressed it maybe you have but you're dealing with confusion and you're thinking I don't know if this is right or wrong I don't know if that's right then I don't know why this and if that's wrong then I don't know why this this is the word I feel like I have for that confusion is the product of one too many voices okay don't think it's like, wow, I'm open to everything. You might be, and you might be headed that way if you're allowing one voice too many to speak. But confusion is the product of one too many voices. God is not the author of confusion. He speaks, he speaks as one. He's not going to tell you one thing and tell me something totally different. He's not going to tell me something and tell you something totally different. He speaks as one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Everything he does, he does as one. This is why it doesn't matter where in the world you are. It doesn't matter what time of day it is or what day of the week it is, none of that matters if you're listening to the one God and His voice. There should be no confusion. That's why if there is confusion, an additional voice has been allowed to get into your ears, into your spirit, some way or another. We ought not to leave here with any confusion. Not because of me or anybody else, but because God is not the author of that. And if it's there in your mind, I pray the Lord help discern what is the one true voice. What is the one true word of God. Let's pray in Jesus' name. God, I speak a word of faith right now. God, that it's you that calms every storm. That it's you that would speak peace to every raging sea. You are not the author of confusion, Lord. But you bring peace. You bring a sound mind. 
In the name of Jesus, come on, why don't you pray with me right now? Lift your voice to the Lord. The Lord wants to pray some prayers right now that are going to affect those struggling with a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, God, your word is true. I stand upon your word, God. You are true, Lord. Let God be true and every man a liar because your word is true. If you've said it, God, if you've spoken it, Lord Jesus, it is the truth. It is the way. It is the life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Scripture tells us of a man that brought his son to Jesus, said, Have mercy on my son because he's a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. What do you think was wrong with that young man? Yes, he was sore vexed. But what was allowed to take place in the mind of that young man was an, an additional voice that said, why don't you just go get in that water? Why don't you just go get in that fire? A, a, a person knows better. A human in their right mind knows better than to jump in some fire. So something other than the right mind of that young man was allowed a voice to speak. What Jesus did was says, the unclean spirit come out. And that gives me the understanding that it was an unclean spirit that was in there allowed to speak and say those things. Now, we don't necessarily deal frequently with that much extreme of wrong like you you know better than to jump out this window thinking you can fly we don't deal with that kind of extreme very often but there is enough unclean that can get into a person and influence them and cause them to do something they know is not right. There is nothing more... Uh, this is me. This is my flesh speaking for just a minute. There's nothing more frustrating to me as a father than to see my child do something they know is not right and is not good for themselves. I can't do anything more than say, you know you shouldn't be doing that. And there we get to witness the human experience. I can do what I want to do. Well, you might start off thinking that way, but very soon you are still going to lose control, just not to the one you thought you were rebelling against. You're going to lose control to a greater authority, a greater power that we know speaks in such terms as just throw yourself into that fire. Just throw yourself into that water. One too many voices. That's the problem. Just one too many voices being heard. Close your eyes and pray with me. Lord, I pray the covering of the Holy Ghost upon your people right now. I speak it in the name of Jesus. Lord, every voice that's not of you, I pray against it right now in Jesus' name. I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Any voice that's speaking word contrary to your word, contrary to your direction, Lord, I speak against it right now in Jesus' name. I bind it in Jesus' name. And I loose 
the spirit of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Help us to walk in it, Lord. Help us to listen to the sound of your voice. Follow your direction. In the name of Jesus, I pray it today, God. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Greet one another. Remember Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Be here with your appetite and your contribution. Amen. God bless you. Love you all.